Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, man. Well, welcome to the church. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, today is going to get, it already is getting crazy. It's already getting crazy, man, because uh, we're going to talk about some, someone today that is just not really easy to explain, all right? And, and we had a whole lifetime to explain uh, the person of the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't have enough time, all right, let alone uh, the two hours they're going to give me to preach right now. And so, um, praise the Lord, right? Uh, so are you listening? Y'all yeah. listening today? Yeah. All right, would you stand up if you're listening? Come on, please, stand up with me. All right, praise the Lord. Here we go, man. I want to read some scripture with us, for us this morning. All right, and, and, and I, I, you need to listen in, man, today. So if you got coffee, man, good. All right, you're going to need it. If you, if, you, if you need to run and grab some real quick, you're too late. All right, just, uh, just, just, just pretend you have some coffee, man, and, and you, you just wake up right here with me, man, because you got to lean in on this, man. Because I want to, I want to remind you, so the, the, the enemy will gladly fill any space you leave between, between you and Jesus. All right, think about that. Now listen up, man. John chapter 14, verses 12 through 17 says this. Jesus, this was the, li- the, the night before, the night he was arrested, the night before his crucifixion. This is it, man. He had a lot to say, but this was an amazing thing that he said right here. He said in John chapter 14, verse 12 through 17, truly, truly. In other words, he's saying, look, man, you need to listen in. When he repeats himself, when somebody repeats himself, we need to lean in, right? He says, truly, truly, I say to you, you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. That's a big thing. Amen. He said, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Say in me. me. Say in me. me. Praise the Lord. Father, we praise you. Lord God, we worship you, Lord God. Holy Spirit, lead us right now, Lord God, for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, you can sit down. Uh, Just getting over a... Uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think of something stupid to say. All right, just got over to the flu not too long ago. So still have that, you know, that cough just does not go away. What's going on with that? I feel like I need to breathe in a couple of sponges and pull them out just to get everything cleared out. All right. Anyways, that was kind of weird. You need to hear that. All right. No, no matter where you are with Jesus. All right. No matter where you are, no matter who you are or where you are right now with Jesus, no matter where you're at in life with Christ, whether you're full on for Christ 
all right? Whether you're just full all about Christ, man, everything, everything is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. No, you know, no matter where you're at with Jesus or whether you're, 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 pretty, you're pretty darn good with him, you know what I mean? Sometimes you might be a little bit in and out kind of life kind of style, all right? Or, or maybe you're, you're, you're the person that's like, man, I'm just glad I made it to church today because when I ain't here, things just go crazy, all right? Or maybe you're just here peeking in. Right? Maybe you're just here kind of just peeking in and seeing what's really going on in here and seeing if, you know, what this is all about. No matter where you're at, man, from each of those areas or something different, man, you got to know this, that the enemy will gladly fill any space that you leave between you and Jesus. He will gladly fill any space that you leave between you and Jesus. And, and I think we, we fail to, to, to lean into this and to realize the work of the, of, 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 of the enemy in our life and the work of Jesus in our life. It seems that the work of Christ in the lives of people and the lives of the world, all right, seems to go not as noticed. You know, what is crazy to me is how normal it is when people, for people to lean into talking about the paranormal, right, or demonic activity, or to talk about just weird, you know, scary stuff. You know, people lean into those conversations immediately, or those movies and stuff immediately. And I'm not saying they're all bad. I mean, we need to talk about some of these things. But people lean into that stuff, uh, you know, a lot. But when you talk about the extraordinary things, all right, or happenings, all right, that are happening because somebody is filled with the Holy Spirit, well, you start to tune, tune people out. People start to get tuned out of those conversations. It's like the work of the enemy is way more interesting than the work of God. And I get it, man. There's some you know, religious fanatics and stuff like that that just go too far and they paint all of us with this bad brush that we're just really, really out there. But the ones who are truly filled... All right, with God, the ones who are loving outside the lines, the ones who are caring and sacrificing, even for people they don't even know, the ones who love God so much they just, they just want to be like him in a world that doesn't think that they can see him, but they continue to go unnoticed by most people because it's not news to the watching world. And culturally, excuse me, way more credit and validity is given to the work and the presence of the enemy in our world than the one who created the world and us. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. You know, we need to be able to celebrate these stories and, and share the amazingness of the stories that God is doing in the lives of, of his people as he lives through and yeah, out his people. I want to share a quick story this morning uh, about a couple of a couple, uh, uh, Domingo and Irene Garcia, all right? Uh, there's a picture of them right here. I think we got a picture of them, right? That's Domingo. Let's put it back up there again, please. Domingo and, and Irene Garcia, she wrote a book called um, Rich in Love, When God Rescues uh, Messy People, all right? And it's crazy that these guys have an amazing story about about. I think it was about 13 or 14 years ago, when they were about 59, all right, they had already fostered 32 kids in their home, through their home. And they had adopted 16 of those kids. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty good, all right? And at the age of 60, they had 11 kids living in their home. Talk about needing the work and presence of the Holy Spirit. All right, I need goodness, patience, love, and you know, we need all that fruit of the Spirit here. Amazing, right? 
And it's crazy, like they, they, they took seriously James, I think it was James 1.27 about caring for our orphans. It seemed that like, well, most people, all right, were, 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 uh, were very, very concerned in, in providing for their comforts. They, their eyes were focused on the over half a million kids in our country that didn't have parents. Pretty amazing. And every day was a day of, filled with joy even when things got crazy because they, they needed perseverance in this, the perseverance of the Holy Spirit, because things did get crazy. Even one time, one of the kids hung himself in one of the closets, in their closet. All right? And so a lot of those joyful days had to be led by just sheer obedience. There was a time when they realized they needed more room, you think, you know what I mean, in their house. And they wanted to put in an addition, but they didn't have the funds for it. He was a mechanic. She was a hairdresser. They didn't have the funds for it. So Irene started just to pray. She started praying, asking God, you know, for help and for understanding and leading. And I think she was in her car one day and she's praying. And as she's praying for God, you know, to just provide an answer, you know, give me a sign, Lord God, just an answer, you know. And she, she just got through praying and she looked up and there was a prayer, there was a, a billboard about carpenter, a contractor, right? And she, that was the first thing she saw getting up from her prayer. And she saw, she said, is he the answer, Lord? That was her question. A couple of weeks later in church, a gentleman approached them. And he said, hey, I heard you know, that you guys were trying to do this addition. I'd like to do the work for you. And I'd like to do it for free, provide all the material. He turned out to be the guy that was on that billboard. It was crazy. Is that crazy? She didn't mention that to nobody. It's insane when you think about these things. You know, it's awesome to recognize that not only were they doing the work, but they also had biological kids of their own, a couple of them. And one of their kids, all right, who had two kids of his own, all right, they, he, they ended up adopting two more kids. And another one of their children had uh, three kids of their own, all right, ended up adopting three more kids. And it's pretty crazy when you think of it, just how this, the work of the Holy Spirit not only works in our lives, he works through our lives and affects the lives around us. They didn't always start that way, right? Their story didn't all start out like that. Because in the early, early, early on in their marriage, Irene hated Domingo. She hated him. She literally, she wrote in her book, I hated him. She prayed that God would have him killed. <laughs> Talking about hiring a contract killer, hey, God, uh, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? She prayed that God would, would take out her husband. Literally prayed this. She would imagine her husband someday just driving off a cliff in California. Just imagine that, right? Until one day when Domingo truly gave his life up to Jesus Christ and he became filled with, this, with God's Holy Spirit and he became a completely different man. And today, you know, Irene says Domingo is the godliest man she's ever known. And she's, she's, you know, they've been in church world for quite a while now. And he's still the godliest man she's ever known. When we receive the life of Christ, all right, through his Holy Spirit, all right, he unites us with God, all right, so that, that God's love is demonstrated not only in us, but yes, all the way through us. That's pretty amazing. The scripture that we have in Luke today is kind of crazy. Actually, it always gets crazy when you talk about demonic activity and stuff like that. But I don't want to spend a lot of time on focusing on the enemy because I know if there's a bunch of lies out there, why focus on all the lies when I just need to focus on one truth? Amen? Amen. And so I want us to do that today. But I'm going to read our scripture. 
because right, it's kind of crazy. And just to kind of fill you in, to kind of review, I don't know if you were here last week. If not, you need to go online, check out Pastor Justin's message. It was pretty awesome. All right, he, you know, he was sharing the story where Jesus cast out this mute demon out of this guy. This guy had, it was all demon possessed. In other words, the demon was inside this cat, controlling him and his actions. It happens, and it still happens today. I've seen it, and I've seen demons come out. Now, check this out. He, uh, he, he, this, this, he Jesus uh, commanded this demon to leave this dude, all right? And then the religious leaders, man, were like, ah, yeah, that's just, you're just the devil doing, trying to you know, freak everybody out doing this stuff. And, and Jesus is saying, you guys are, uh, I'll, I'll paraphrase for Christ. I won't talk for Christ, but I'll, you guys are idiots, is what he's saying, basically. You guys don't know what you're talking about, man. He goes, you know, he says, you know, basically a house divided will not stand. Satan's not going to fight against himself. And he kind of ends this sentence with, you got to recognize he who's not with me is against me. I'm not going to go against myself. The enemy's not going to go against himself. But he who's not with me is against me. And it's like Jesus, this is the second little piece of that, uh, that sermon. And it's like Jesus said, check this out. Let me share something with you. And here's where he goes. Father, it's your word. We praise you and we give you honor. Lead us, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke 11, chapter 24 through 26, three verses. Uh, and we're not going to spend a lot of time here, but we're going to spend a lot of time from here. So hold, stay, stay with me. And I hope you're thinking. Stay thinking, okay, guys? Jesus said, when, when the unclean spirit leaves, all right, has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. You know, Basically, it just cruises around in just kind of deserted areas trying to rest and finds no rest because they only find a demon, only finds dem demonic activity, only finds rest when it's working. You understand what I'm saying? That's where they find their rest. All right? And finding none, he says, I will return to my house. He calls this person my house. All right? From where I came, because it's still basically empty. Look what he says. He says, when it comes, when it comes and it finds the house swept and put in order, but not filled, basically. All right? Then he goes and brings seven other spirits that are more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there in the last state of that person is worse than the first. I want to challenge you to think about this, all right? Because not everyone who is not with Jesus is possessed, all right, by a demon. Not everyone who is not with Jesus, completely with Jesus, all right, is not possessed. In other words, they're not controlled from the inside out by a demon, all right? But many are oppressed and influenced from the outside in. Oppression is that, is that attack of the enemy and basically that affliction of the enemy to make that person who is being attacked and afflicted, they can't even see God. And they're not even, they're not even looking that much. And those who are influenced from the outside in, all right, and, and even a Christian can be not possessed because, you know, greater is in me who is in me than he is in the world. I, you know, God is not going to share the space, you know what I'm saying? But a Christian can be oppressed, can be attacked, can be afflicted to where they think they can't see God. All they need to do is look. But there's those who are influenced by the enemy. Basically, they're led, they're lied to and led by the enemy. They're manipulated into the enemy's lies. And they don't even want to see God. See, Jesus right here gives us a picture of a person who is delivered from the enemy. And definitely delivered by somebody, it says, who was possessed. But in our cases as well, could be delivered by somebody who was oppressed and also influenced by the enemy. But not yet filled with Jesus. 
This is a picture of a person being delivered from the enemy, but not yet filled with Jesus. It's a, it's a, it's a picture of somebody who's trying to stay neutral. Right? Somebody's trying to ride the fence, and we told you so many times, the devil owns the fence. Remember? The guy's sitting on the fence, trying to make up his mind. I think I want to be with Jesus. No, I don't know if I want to go there. Not really about Satan. All right? And then, and, and then he sees the devil, and the devil's like laughing at him. He goes, what are you laughing at him for? I'm trying to make up my mind. He says, go ahead, stay on that fence all you want. I own it. I mean, these people say they're definitely not with Satan, but they're also not all the way with Jesus. Jesus says, that's impossible. Because the enemy will gladly fill any space that you leave between you and Jesus. That's what he does. That's what he does, man. Now, I've, I've seen him. I've seen God cast out demons. I've seen God you know, cast out demons and their activity in people's lives, in people's homes, in, just in, in, you know, in people's families and stuff like that. I've seen it a few times. I've seen them, you know, people who, you know, if, you know, in some instances, have, have asked God to fill their lives from that point on. In other words, fill me up, Christ. I'm yours. They gave their lives to Jesus. And I've seen other people say, you know what? Hey, thanks for the prayers. Appreciate the clean house. We'll think about this whole Jesus thing. And I'm wondering, what, what, do you, what is there to think about? And I look at the lives, and I realize there's, there's something taking place. And you might be able to resonate with this. I know I do sometimes. Their, their lives were already full, and they didn't think they had room to be filled. They didn't think they had space for a full-time God. Because we're already filled with stuff, right? They were too full to be filled. They were too full to be filled. And the truth is, many lives are not really that full. They're just, they're just filled with a lot of empty things. A lot of lives, a lot of our lives sometimes get filled you know, with empty things, right? Like, like possessions. Possessions, you know, they'll fill a life, man. And, you know, and in that, when you're, when you're filled with up with the possessions, you're thinking like, you know what? The more things I have, the less empty I will be, Right? Right? All they need is more possessions or accomplishments. All right? The more things that I do, the less time I have to be empty. Because I'm busy. I'm doing stuff. I ain't got time to be empty. Right? Or reputation, man. The more I am known for, all right, the less others will know the truth of my emptiness. Or power. The more people I can control, the more things that I can control, the less emptiness will control me overfilled with consumption. The more I consume, the less room I will have for emptiness. I love what Justin said last week. These, are, these, these lies are, are, are the, are, and, and these chains are all that the enemy has to offer you. There's no fullness in this life. There's no filling, man, of God. And see, and our, our problem is that so we've been conditioned to believing that giving our life to Christ is just this one-time thing. It's like a moment in time, right? Rather than for all of time or for the rest of time. And because when we think that, that we give our lives to Christ, it was that day or that time or that moment, and it's not all of lifetime, we start to convince ourselves that that wasn't filling enough. No moment is filling enough, all right? No moment is filling enough, but God is definitely filling enough. And he gives you his spirit. He fills you with his spirit. 
And so after what happens after we give our lives to Christ, we're baptized and we don't even consider the life that follows as, as, as one that is empowered daily, that is filled with the spirit of Christ. You see, he has given, if you've given your life to Jesus, truly given your life to Christ, he's given us all it takes to live courageously, to live victoriously, to live sacrificially, to endure suffering. He's given us all it takes to endure suffering, no matter what the challenges are, no matter what the hardships, no matter what the hurts, the struggles, or even the tragedies. He has given us all it takes to love without boundaries, without limits. For his glory, he's given us all it takes, man. And what, is, what does it take? He gives himself. Every day. For the rest of our lives. He gives us him. Look what he says in John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you really, really love me, You'll follow me is basically what he's saying here. You'll keep my commandments and I will ask you, I will ask the father and he will give you another helper. Man, does anybody need some help? I need some dang help over here. I just need a little help, all right? And ain't nothing anybody can do, man. It gotta be him working through you, amazing. To be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him. Because he's here right now. Amen? And he's in you. He'll be in you. He gives you his spirit. Which brings us to some very practical questions. Questions like, who is the Spirit? What does the Spirit do? How do I become filled with the Spirit? What does that even mean? Is this something I need to do all over and over and over and over again? Would you, you know, can we get a little help here? <laughs> and very, very important questions. And again, I have to tell you, you know what? There's no way we can explain the answer to every one of these questions completely, but we're going to give you some basics right now. All right? Hey, guys, it's going to get better, I promise. Hey, I don't know. Hey, guys, I'm sorry, man. I'll work on it. If you guys change your mind, there's TVs in the lobby. You can watch out there. It's going to be great. All right? So, um, check this out. <laughs> he, uh, he, um, I love you guys. I know you probably go in the bathroom. That's what you guys do. It's all good. <laughs> but he's given us these basics that we need and we got to have. All right? It's awesome. So, so, so if we're going to say, who is the Holy Spirit? Again, you, we can never exhaust that because you can't exhaust God. All right, but I can tell you this, he's God. He's not an it. He's not a force. He's not an it, you know, kind of like a thing that God just kind of leaves lingering around. He's not a force that, you know, may the force be with you kind of thing. But he's a person who, who is God who is everywhere, who is all the time, and who has all the attributes that you would attribute to God, that are attributed to God, that has all the characteristics of God, is God. And we can go on and on and on for who is the Holy Spirit. But, but, but what does he do? Check this out. Jesus shared this in John chapter 16, verse 8. 
He said, and when he comes, the Spirit of God, he will convict the world. This is crazy. Stay with me on this. He, he will, he, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And we look at that and we say, well, that sounds right, but what does that mean? He will convict the world. All right, The devil condemns. The Holy Spirit convicts. The devil says, ah, guilty, you're all. all right? The Holy Spirit comes along, says you, and says, look it, let me show you the way. Let me show you a better way, the right way. Come with me. And so he will convict the world of sin. He will convict the world of righteousness, and he will convict the world of judgment. What does that mean? Well, the, sin is the truth about man. It's the truth about mankind. It's the truth about us. Sin is the truth about mankind. Righteousness is the truth about God. Right? Sin is the truth about us. We're sinful people, man. We've sinned. You know, come on, man. Don't even, you know what? If you, if you say you've never sinned, you just did it. You lied. Okay? And so, um, you know what I mean? We've sinned. And God is righteous, sinless. All right? And judgment is the inevitable combination of these two truths. Sin and righteousness. And the inevitable combination of these truths is they are set apart. And sin, all right, man, you guys, look, all right, cool. Glad you're back, right on. Just give him a hand, all right, all right, cool. All right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on, man, it made me feel great. <laughs> there's, there's a separation of sin and righteousness. We know this. And God is a holy God, and there's judgment. But another cool thing about the Holy Spirit is he points us to Jesus, who has come to fill the gap by his blood on the cross, by his resurrection from the grave, by our belief and trust in the gospel. All right? He's filled that gap. And he says, you're sinners. I came down to be one of you who is sinless. I gave my life for you, all right? Because I am a righteous person, a righteous man, fully God, fully man, came, gave my life for you. And guess what? That gap no longer exists if you're in Jesus. So he's come to convict the world of our sin, of God's righteousness, of inevitable judgment, and point us to Jesus that says, don't worry about it. Because Jesus says, you're with me. That's good news. That's really, really good news, man. All right? All right? And so when we trust the finished work and the resurrection, he gives us his spirit that empowers us to live the way we were created to live, the life that we were created to live. That's why he says, if you, in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, if you love me, You'll keep my commandments. We're like, man, this is a hard thing. That's why I've given you some help. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever. Boom, it's making sense now, right? I mean, come on, this is, this is cool. Man, I thought this was just going to be tough the whole time. Well, he's given us his Holy Spirit so that we can. Because without him, we can't. You just can't. And no matter, even if you try to do good, it's just like filthy rags before God because he says, I'm not in it. Let me get in it and let me show you how to make this perfect. So what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? 
What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, I want you to think about something first. For two things, I just want to just solidify real quickly. The Holy Spirit is, is a gift given to all believers in Jesus. Without exception, no conditions are placed upon this gift except faith in Christ. All right? So if you've given your life to Christ and you think you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're wrong. I'll get to that part here in a minute. But he's given to everyone. I remember I gave my life, or I prayed for repentance and, 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 and thanked God for forgiveness. And I remember the, 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 there was a time in my life where I was, it was a nutty life, man. And I gave my life to Christ, or, and then, but I still wasn't in, had nobody to disciple me. And I was, I was on my way to a pretty heavy, hardcore prison in California, all right? And I went there, and I just got kind of, I didn't have anybody to, to lead me. And I wasn't praying a lot, because so I just wasn't doing it. And, and then I went kind of back into that lifestyle, but it, was, it didn't taste the same. It tasted different. It wasn't fun. It was like, really tried to make it fun. It just was not fun anymore. And I kept crashing and burning and crashing and burning until I just completely submitted on my face before Christ and said, take over. He gives this Holy Spirit to everyone. There's no condition. Second, the Holy Spirit is given at the moment that you have salvation, that you give your life to Christ. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 says, in him... You also, when, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. That, that, that day that you gave your life to Christ, the word of God says, when, when, when you heard the word of truth, you see, there was a long time that I heard the word of truth, but I wasn't listening. There's a lot of times that, that, you know, that, uh, that my grandmother was trying to talk to me about God and tell me that Jesus loved me, and all I could think of was, I don't love me, so it's really hard for me to believe. There was a long time when I didn't believe in the word. I just heard it, right? I didn't go to church. I didn't do none of that. And if I did, I still probably wouldn't have believed it. I just heard a lot. But then there was that moment, that moment in life where I didn't just believe one time. I started to believe for a lifetime. You see the difference? See, there's times that we make, we make, there's a moment in time, okay, well, I believe, okay, for this moment. And then I got all crazy again and just things weren't right. But then there's a time where we believe for a lifetime, man, and everything changes. Everything changes. Why? Because we were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And I will tell you this. If you have truly given your life to Christ, then he has truly given you his spirit. If you have truly given your life to Jesus Christ, and I say truly, man, because we could fake our own self out, right? We could fake our own self out. If you've truly given your life to Christ, he has truly given you his Holy Spirit. And he never leaves. Well, then, so why do I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? If I already have the Holy Spirit, it's a great question. Well, if I already have the Holy Spirit, 
all right? And I am walking. A lot of times, I actually picture this big old being around me and in me, and my foot's in his foot, my other foot's in his foot, and I'm in here, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm in the Holy Spirit, all right? I'm just kind of walking around like in the Holy Spirit and stuff. I, I try to picture, I just, it's silly, I, I know it's silly, but sometimes I got to get kind of like basic, because if, you know, Jesus told me to have faith like a child, so sometimes, you know, when nobody's looking, I act like a child, all right? And so maybe even when people are looking, all right? But, but it just kind of just started to visualize that. And if I'm already in the Spirit, man, and God, and He was in me, then why do I need to be filled again with the Holy Spirit? And I read through the Scriptures, and I see Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he started speaking, all right? I see, you know, Paul filled with the Holy Spirit, and he started talking to these people. All right? And I'm like, okay, wait a second. And I saw that all these men and women were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they started just doing this stuff. Why do I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And that is an amazing question. We need to continue to think about that question. Because life is distracting. And even the, the purest man or woman of God fails and falls. The purest of us all can fail and fall. In 1 Thessalonians 5.19 and Ephesians 4.30, all right, it says that we have the ability to quench and even grieve the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians speak of, of, of quenching the Holy Spirit. He said, don't, do not quench the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean? It means you have the Holy Spirit. We've been given the Holy Spirit, all right? And, and I put these up there so you guys can write these down. There's a lot you should probably be writing down or rewatch this and write this stuff down because this is a lot going on in this sermon. Right? Because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We're given the Holy Spirit at, 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 at that new birth, that salvation. But again, life gets distracting, and we start leaning into stuff that is not of God and that, and that there is no way of God sometimes. And, and, and then we start to quench the Spirit of God that is trying to work in us and through us and expand and, 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 and live. And then and in Ephesians, it speaks of do not grieve the Holy Spirit. He says, man, don't be getting all hammered all the time where you can't even think anymore. You're all drunk and stuff like that. And he said, you know what? He says, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, all right? And in this one, he says right here, don't, don't, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, you know, the Holy Spirit, he is God. He has feelings about our life. And it is grieving to me when my kids are not doing well. It is grieving to me, man, when I know that I've taught them well, but they have not done well. It's grieving to my parents when I, they have taught me well, but they haven't, I'm not doing real well. Well, you understand what I'm saying? And because of that, all right, once again, you know, he tells Timothy uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, he says, fan into flame the gift of God. That's basically, that is within you. Fan into flame. You're quenching the Holy Spirit. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. Fan that into flame. Expand that fire, the fire of God that is in us. He says, because stuff from the outside, oppression of the enemy, this could happen in the life, not possession. Oppression of the enemy could happen. Attack and affliction of the enemy makes it hard to see God, all right? Uh, influenced by the enemy, starts lying to us and manipulates. I got, there's a way better way you can get that rent money. There's a way better way you can, you know, get around this relationship. There's a way, uh, you know, and, and, and we start listening and we're influenced and we don't even want to see God. He says, fan that flame and be filled again with the Holy Spirit, with, with the Spirit of God. And all that junk has to leave and that oppression and that attack, though it is real and it is around us, it doesn't help us not, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't uh, inhibit us from seeing God. Because I want to see him, especially when things are going crazy. 
But I also see when I see them when things are going good. So when I'm being influenced by the enemy, man, fan into flame, man. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little this one little tip on on how to do that. It works for me. I just do it every morning. I'll share that with you in a minute because the enemy will gladly fill any space that you leave between you and Jesus, no matter who you are. So what does it mean to be filled with Jesus? I mean, what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? To be filled in the purest sense means to be like Jesus. You see, Jesus stayed connected. And when we read about Jesus' life, he stayed connected daily to the Father. So must we. Jesus laid aside everything to serve and lead us to himself. So must we. Jesus resisted temptation, forgave his enemies, endured suffering, uh, remained obedient even to the point of the cross. The list can go on and on and on, but so can we. See, no one else is going to be able to fill that big gap. Nothing else is going to be able to fill that big gap that we allow in our life when we quench or grieve the Holy Spirit in our life. Nothing else is going to fill that, man. You need to fan into flame the gift of God that is within you. His Holy Spirit. Because nothing is eternally filling, only the Spirit of the living God. Amen? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull out your phone or note taker or whatever. I want you to write this down. This is important. All right? Yeah, you're just, you're gonna, I want you to, I want you to pull out, I want you to write this down. Pull out your phone, uh, find an empty page somewhere or something, or, you know, write it on um, your friend's arm next to you, whatever. Forehead, I don't know, somewhere. Because this is important. And I want you to pray this every day this week. Just give this a shot. I've been praying this prayer prayer for a long time now. This prayer that we're going to pray is actually a proclamation of Jesus. I'm just going to give you one verse. There's two verses to the prayer. I just want to give you the first verse. And we, it's in Luke. We've gone over this last year. But I want you, I want you to pray this prayer every morning. And it's already in the Bible, so all you got to do is open up your Bible to Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. All right? Open your Bible to Luke chapter 4, 18. I pray this prayer every morning. I pray before I came this morning. I pray, I pray. It's a prayer when I get up and I'm getting ready in, in, in the bathroom. I'm shaving, doing whatever it takes. All right? And uh, I don't care. Sometimes I could be really, really tired. One time, I was so tired, I went to go brush my teeth, and I put the toothpaste in my hand. I was like, oh, crud. My toothbrush is way over here. You know what I mean? It's like, you, you, you can't do that, All right? But I'll never forget this prayer. And on my person, my, the way I like to do it, and I, we can explain this a little bit later, I like to take a little of anointing oil every morning. I'm not doing this, man. Please, I'm not trying to blow myself up. Don't think I'm just, a, you know, this is not for me. This is, I'm trying to invite you, because I'm down here with you, all right? I get distracted, too. And I need to be filled daily. So sometimes, just to help me, I need, I need things to do. I take a little of anointing oil. I just put on my, I make a little cross on my head. And I pray this prayer, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. All right, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. All right, he has anointed me. Look at, look at the words, man. To proclaim good news to the poor. He's given me something to do here. He's sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed 
He has sent me, okay? You know, the, the captives, those are the ones who are possessed by the enemy, controlled, all right? The, you know, the, uh, the, 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 to proclaim liberty to the captives, all right? The uh, recovering of sight to the blind, those are the ones who are influenced by the enemy and they don't want to see God. They can't see God. The liberty, those who are oppressed, those who are just being, they're, they're, just, they're, they're, in, they're in a box of, of attack and affliction. God has, you know, sent Jesus to set us free from that. And when now that we have been freed and are continually being freed daily by God, he has given us his spirit to work alongside him for his glory. So to pray this prayer, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news all right, to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind set at liberty those who are oppressed. Well, I leave that room, that bathroom, that prayer with the purpose of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the power of the Holy Spirit, not mine. Again, I ain't trying to draw a crowd. This crowd right here, we do this on purpose because we need to gather together. But out there, in the, you know, we're not trying to, hey, everybody, come over here. I'm going to do something by the Holy Spirit. Watch. Our intention is not for attention, but for his glory. Amen. Amen. This is the prayer. So how can you be sure your life is filled with the spirit of the living God? Everything will point to Jesus. You see, the Holy Spirit doesn't point to himself. That's pretty crazy, right? You'll read through the scriptures. He points us to Jesus. And who does Jesus point us to? Jesus points us to the Father. And what is the Father doing? By his Holy Spirit, he points us to Jesus and says, behold, my son. Look upon, gaze upon, keep your eyes fixed on my son. Imagine. Imagine, just imagine if we, just right here, if we, all right, right here online, we're, we're, imagine if, if we were these people. Those spirit-filled people, spirit-filled people. Imagine if we we're the people who are just filled with the spirit. We're, we were changing our homes. They're changing our schools. We're changing our workplaces. We're changing our community. We're changing our world. Isn't that why we're here? Isn't that why we're here? Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to invite you, man. We have some people up here to pray with you right now because we all probably need it right now. And so um, as they come up, you need prayer. Please come and pray with them. Take this moment. We're going to sing this gospel song, man. Behold the Son. The Holy Spirit is pointing at you right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Love you guys.